Hello and welcome to Crazy Canuck Trucking. I'm David, the Crazy Canuck, and I'm Bridget, the Size Matters Dakotan. Together, we're going to spin some yarns about trucking. These will be real stories, some true, some may be larger than life, and all will be entertaining. We'll also try to bust some myths or answer any questions you may have about rolling across the asphalt ribbon in North America. So please turn up the volume, tighten your seatbelts, ignore those around you, and if you're driving, please don't become one of our stories. We are 10-8. Looking forward to uh, our new code today, which is going to be a 10-12, which means we have visitors present. So that's pretty exciting. We get to hear from other people too. But before we get to that, David, what's our updates and news before we talk about our visitor? Well, let's see here. I had somebody uh, send me a message and say, I don't like that. I don't like you using the term crazy. It gives a bad connotation. What do you think of that? Well, I think it depends on the connotation it's used in. I don't think crazy has to be derogatory. And I feel, you know, it, uh, I told the guy, it's my handle. No disrespect to anybody with uh, mental health issues. I have mental health issues myself and I got the handle before I realized I had mental health issues and we went over the reason for my handle crazy Canuck in uh, episode one. And, um, you know, it, it just, it's catchy. And I said, I use it to open up. Uh, so the gentleman who sent that message, I'm hoping you guys were able to visit and he feels a little bit better about why you use the term crazy for positive not for anything bad. Yeah, I, I think he, uh, his last message was, well, it's good to communicate. So that's, um, that's what we wanted, right? Well, it is. I mean, if we didn't communicate with each other, we wouldn't hear good, bad, or otherwise. And so communication is what teaches us. We can all learn from each other. And especially, you know, we talk a lot about mental health and the fact that we can learn good and bad from each other is important, I think. What yeah. else do you know today, Dave? So what, well, I know that, uh, have you ever thought, Bridget, about what it's like? I mean, you do a lot of traveling. What is it like when you hurt yourself or have some kind of sickness when you're on the road? It's not a lot of fun. I've spent ho days in a hotel room feeling like crap. Yeah, and you can't, you know, when you're, when you're not feeling good or some, you've injured or injured or something, then uh, you doctors always say, do some rest, do this, do that. And we don't have that opportunity when we're on the highway to really take care of ourselves like we're supposed to. Not so it's a challenge when we're out here doing that. That's right. Yeah. And I got one pet peeve today. Four-way really? flashers. Yeah, believe it or not, I actually have an opinion. Wait, four-way flashers on a car or on a over-the-road truck? Yes, on both. Okay. So another term for them is emergency flashers. And on your dashboard usually is a red triangle. That's what shows you what turns on your emergency flashers. Some people seem to think that emergency flashers are for when you're scared about something. So they run into heavy rain, all of a sudden they flip on their emergency flashers. And that 
bugs the crap out of me as a truck driver. So why? Because if I'm going to be slowing down and I'm going to be a hazard on the road, would I be better off not using them? Well, think about the term emergency. So if you're, if you're going from speed limit to half speed limit, now you're going to be a hazard on the road. Yeah, for sure. Then uh, put your four ways on, put your emergencies on. But if you're just, there's people that have them on and they're driving just a few miles an hour or a few kilometers an hour below the speed limit. And they seem to think they have to put their four ways on. It's like, so you assume that there's a problem and then you find out that they're just scared because it's raining a little harder than they wanted or something like that. You know, if everybody used their four-way flashers as emergencies, then it would prevent a lot of issues because now you come up in a rainstorm behind people and you see a whole bunch of four-way flashers, you automatically think, oh, everybody stopped. And you start slowing down and jam up people behind you. And then you find out, no, it's not actually an emergency right now. So what you're saying is we all need to be a little bit more diligent in using those flashers when it's appropriate. And don't be a hazard on the road, you guys. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Don't want to become one of our stories, right? That's right. So speaking of which, um, as I mentioned earlier, we are 1012 today, which means we have a visitor present. So I'd hope that all of our listeners would want to buckle up settle in to listen be careful if you're driving so that you aren't an accident on the road and david who are we going to talk to today well i'm going to talk to somebody that i've known all of his life but he hasn't known me all of my life so i want to this introduce like, you to my son that's like one of those riddles i got in the third grade that i had to figure out a word problem i've known him all of his life but he hasn't known me all of mine <laughs> yeah and apparently I'm still in the third grade sometimes, right? <laughs> where I didn't my mind mean that. goes. <laughs> <laughs> so my son Jesse is here. Welcome to the show, Jesse. How are you doing today? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Great thing. So, Bridget, this is my son. He's the oldest in the family. And uh, why don't you uh, ask him a few questions? Well, there's a few things I'd like to know, Jesse. So first of all, why do you think your dad asked you to be on this show today? Uh, there's a very good possibility I was asked to be on the show because I've spent a lot of time side by side with him in the truck. I've worked for him, even though I didn't necessarily want to all the time, but I- uh, what, you, did, you didn't want to work for me? No. Nah. <laughs> 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 you were you were voluntold you were going to work for dad yeah yeah <laughs> so, so tell me about that what are some of the things that you guys did side by side um well uh i remember he had a trucking company that hauled chickens for our church fundraising group and uh like we would go catch chickens and my dad was the one that hauled them because uh, we had gotten sick and tired of uh, the one trucking company that 
we had been using that just couldn't seem to get anything right. So my dad took it upon himself to start a company for doing that. And then also at the same time, he was hauling logs as well. And uh, I've spent, it seems like uh, almost every summer when I was out of school as a kid, I spent in the truck going on over the road trips with him. So so what were some of your, can you think of what was a place or two that was your favorite to go to when you guys were riding together? Whether it was a city or an actual stop, it was something that you were hauling? Probably some of the favorite would be when we were down, when he was hauling logs, when we were down in the bush, that uh, I'm, a, I'm a country boy through and through. So I like, I like being out, out in the bush and just being outside a lot more than being in the city necessarily. But I did like it when we were out in Western Canada. That was nicer. It was um, a little less populated, a little more fun to see the scenery. And yes. so, okay, some of the fun things that you got to see for a change. Um, okay, so I have to ask this because as a kid, as a farm kid, when I was riding in a vehicle or a truck, it was always one of our favorite habits to make sure that we got the truckers to blow their horn. So as a kid riding in a semi, did you do that to the other truckers too to try to see if you'd get them to blow their horn? I don't remember specifically doing it when I was in the truck riding, but I definitely did it when I was out of the truck. And I still got a little kid in me because I'm 31 and I still do it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> if I'm not driving, I do too. <laughs> we had a pretty big hammer at that time. And we had a pretty big hammer at that time and we would blow past other trucks so they wouldn't get a chance to see Jesse waving his arm, <laughs> puffing his arm. Right, I love that Western star. I miss that thing. Yeah, I seem to always be in a hurry then. At least when I had you with me, I had to show off for my son. <laughs> right. Drive as fast as you could, get there quickly. So, oh, yeah. so I understand well, you had, that, go ahead. You had to do, you had to do something to impress the kid because you know at the other end he was going to be doing all the sh dirty work right you know so you have to kind of butter him up before you get him to do all the hard stuff oh, what so kind that, of dirty work uh hauling pigs <laughs> hauling cattle work. hauling chickens oh yeah Scrape. okay so that's dirty work scrape the floor you know all that yeah. good stuff See, as someone on the receiving end or the shipping end of that, I never thought about who had to clean the trailer. I just knew it wasn't me because I had a dairy barn to go clean out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, not so fun to clean a hog trailer out. Not at all. I bet not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, Jesse, I have yeah. a note here. Something about military during the 97 flood. What do you remember about that? Oh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, oh, how old was I there, Dad? Nine, ten, maybe? Ninety-seven, you would have been nine, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dad was hauling sandbags and sand for the military during the flood of 97. 
No, we, in the States or in Canada? Because we were flooding up, down up, here in North Dakota. Yeah, up uh, up near Winnipeg. Yes. Um, I guess it would have been Santa, Santa Gath area, right, Dad? Uh, yeah, we, we, we were all over the place at first, but then we got commandeered by the uh, troop that was working, trying to save the town of San Adolf. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was backing up a trailer, and uh, I can't remember if it was a sergeant, whoever, lieutenant, lieutenant, he uh, said, you now work for me. So I, uh, I was commandeered by the military to haul their sandbags for that town. They had just lost two trucks earlier in the day or two previous, and they figured a civilian's truck was... Uh, okay to lose so then I took Jesse along with me on some of those days yeah. well for for people who might be listening and not realize what happened in 1997 and I'll put it in a little perspective I had just graduated from college so I'm a little older than Jesse and I had just started my job um, I was living in Fargo North Dakota and folks should understand that the Red River of North Dakota flows north we don't flow south, it flows north to Winnipeg. So all of the water that was coming that direction where you guys were sandbagging was coming from us. We'd had record snowfall. Uh, if I remember off the top of my head, we were 110, 120 inches of snow that winter. And understand that where we live around Fargo, it is as flat as a pool table. And there's, the water just sits. It doesn't have a real fast place to go. So what would normally be a pretty small meandering river became 10 miles wide as there were ice dams and snow banks. We had an ice storm in the midst of all of this that coated electrical lines and tore down power stations or substations. So it was a big, big mess. And there was a wall of water that was slowly moving at you guys in Canada. So Jesse, for you, as the kid riding in the truck watching all of that, was it kind of nerve-wracking? Yeah, it was a little bit. I know Dad told me that I handled it a lot better than his boss did. I never <laughs> uh, tried to jump out of the truck. <laughs> but yeah. I, I did, I did uh, also spend a fair amount of time those days uh, helping load the sandbags, and uh, they had taken me under their wing. Um, it was at the... Uh, the Neverville Arena, where they had kind of taken over the arena and used that as their base. And uh, they took me under their wing. And I just remember they, they gave me all kinds of stuff, whether it was like just the little military grape drinks. And uh, I ended up getting uh, military, Canadian military patches and stuff from them. And there's all kinds sticks. of cool, pardon me. Yeah, glow sticks as well. and Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had the military-grade glow sticks and all that stuff. It was it was really cool to experience as a young kid. As a and father, they... it was really cool to see how the uh, troops did that. That really uh, warmed my heart because, you know, here you are, and everybody's trying to save towns, but they still take the time to take a young kid underneath under their arms and show them around and show them what things are like. That was, as a father, that was really, really cool to see that. So were they doing it more as a way to 
keep you entertained or keep you focused so that you would continue to help? Or was it more of a thank you for the things that you were doing, Jesse? I'm not really sure, but that's one thing that uh, people have never had to do is try and entertain me to keep me busy helping. <laughs> I have too uh, strong of a work ethic to just sit around and be lazy. You always wanted to be in the thick of things trying to help them out. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially if it wasn't his dad telling him what to do. If it was a military <laughs> guy, I'd be like, no problem. <laughs> well, good Lord, David, nobody listens to their parents. I thought we established that long ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a little hard-headed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings up another topic. And, you know, one that we've talked about, uh, both just David and I one-on-one, -on -one, but also, you know, through our, our last guest with Ken. And that's talking about, you know, mental health and what comes along with it. And our previous guest, Ken, was also military as well as an over-the-road driver. And he talked about what that stress was like on him. But Jesse, as the son, watching what happened with your dad and what he was going through, what did you see or what did you think about when you saw your dad struggling with some of the things that were happening to him? Um, that's a tough question. We had a really good relationship when I was a young kid. And then when I got into my teenage years, uh, our relationship was, was almost non-existent for quite a number of years. Um, and it wasn't purely because of my dad. It, I also uh, suffer from some mental health issues and uh, that just basically added fuel to the fire. And uh, it was actually, oh, three, four years ago that me and my dad have been actively working at getting our good relationship back that we had when I was younger. And, uh, I'm proud to say that now it's, it's good. You actually can talk to each other and it makes more sense. Not, not nearly as much uh, fuel on the fire like you had before. Yeah. Yeah. How did you realize something was going on with you? Um, well, for years, uh, my mom had, told me that I have these mental health issues and stuff and um, I refuse to believe it there's nothing wrong with me leave me alone no I'm not taking my meds that you say I have to take and uh, I suffer from severe bipolar mm -hmm. and so some of the things I had gotten myself into it kind of helped in one way because it helped build me a reputation for being a little bit crazy and off the, off the wall. And so then you fast forward a number of years and I ended up uh, a year and a half ago, I got out of prison and I spent, I spent three years in prison. And uh, shortly after I was in prison, 
So do you know what? Living like that and everything is where this has got me. And my mom's been telling me about my mental health issues and stuff my whole life almost. So I decided that it would probably be a smart idea to talk to a psychiatrist when I was in prison and take the steps that I needed to take to live like a normal person. Do you feel like you're living a lot better now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So I'm really proud of them. I'm really proud of them. And I'm, I, uh, when I look back on those teen years, I see a lot of mistakes that I made, not understanding what I was dealing with and trying to make a living and dealing with injuries and stuff. And I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to put things back together. So you both changed. You both kind of grew up. You both realized the things that you needed to deal with, not only for yourselves, but also for each other. So that's a pretty good spot to be in these days to say that we actually managed to get ourselves back on track. Not everybody else can do that. So Jesse is a young guy. You said you're 31. If you see someone struggling with their own and grappling with their own mental health, any suggestions you would give them? Just take it one day at a time. Even, even sometimes one day at a time is too much to look at. Sometimes you just got to look at it one minute at a time. But and just focus. If you're really struggling on something, focus short term. You, you can focus on the long term later on when you get yourself through that real hard point of the short term. You need to look at the long term as well, but maybe today I just need to focus on how to make it through today. And then tomorrow I can, I can worry about how I'm going to make it through the next week or the next month or the next year. Just keep moving forward, right? Yep. I think that's pretty positive because I came to be positive. So I'm going to call that one as being pretty positive. <laughs> So those are kind of my list of questions. What are the other things that you guys want to make sure folks know as a father and son team, having grown up in trucking and also the other things that you have managed to accomplish with your own mental health? Well, if there's any dads out there that got kids that are mildly, even mildly interested in wanting to go on trips with them, do everything you can to take your kid on a trip. Because I can say, as a young kid, that was some of the most fun I had as, as a young kid. And just I'll tell you, I tell you, Bridget, I never needed to listen to podcasts back in those days. I mean, they didn't have podcasts, <laughs> but I did not need a podcast because he would not be quiet. What's this? What's that, Dad? I was looking at this, and this is what I think, and it, it was nonstop, unless he was sleeping, so, yeah. Okay, Jesse, I'm on your side on this, because my dad used to tell me when, um, when I was a little kid, and I would go to the field with him, whether he was spraying for a neighbor or just in his own tractor, he never really got the chance to listen to the radio, because he said all I did was talk. 
and hum and sing and talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesse well, was either sleeping or talking. Well, apparently, uh, when uh, the border agent asks you if your mom knows where you are and you tell him no, that's oh, not a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that leads to a few um, more than interesting problems when you're at a border and that happens. <laughs> Who had to call Kinda. mom to verify that she knew where you were? <laughs> well, not only that, it was like four or five o'clock in the morning. You know, so back then it was hard to get a hold of people. And uh, yeah, that was in that was interesting. Five o'clock in the morning. I mean, that looks a little suspicious, right? And Jesse Taking a son running for the border. Jesse was just being honest. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Mom knew I was with dad. Mom just didn't know where we were. Sure. <laughs> this has yeah. been a yeah, tremendous I, amount of fun, you guys. I have really enjoyed talking to you hearing what you have to say and, and the things that you've done so again we got to use that 10 code 1012 because we had a visitor present today <laughs> yeah it was uh, so good you could join us today jesse and uh thank you for agreeing to come on and help us out here and point out my failings as a dad you know that uh it's always <laughs> really good here <laughs> No, I, I don't think that was uh, the intent. <laughs> oh, is that okay? Okay. <laughs> Jesse and I have always had, you know, despite what the honesty with some of the stuff we talk about here, we have, we have actually, um, throughout all the years, been able to tease each other and have fun and he it, the good thing for me is now he's getting a little bit older and he feels a few aches and pains now so i keep reminding him that he can uh, laugh at me for getting old but he's pretty close now so every day jesse just a little advice every day is a where's waldo of what hurts today so good luck play that game <laughs> right <laughs> I really appreciate the chance to visit today. And um, I also want to say thanks to Jesse James Dupree. This has been a lot of fun listening to him and getting to know his music because we get to have the permission from him to use this on the podcast. Jesse, any final thoughts? Keep the rubber side down and under 100 mile an hour. <laughs> Welcome to our chaos. <laughs> All Sounds good. Thank you for making it this far. Please contact us for any stories you may want to share. You can be anonymous if needed. Please share, give us five-star ratings, and stay tuned for more. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our producer, Big T, my co-host, Size Matters Dakotan. I'm the Crazy Canuck, and we are 10-7. Magically appear, he was brother.